This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been another good week, thanks for asking. Excellent. Right, an email that has come in from Dave. Hello Dave. Dave has taken his dog to the vets and the vet has said... Your dog is overweight. Right, okay. It doesn't give much more details about right. the dog breed so or how much overweight how he is. Over, okay. Um, but it's just saying, one, what can he do diet-wise for his dog? And two, is there any doggy CrossFit training sessions? Which is actually apt for you right now, Russell, because may I say, listener, that Russell is looking very apt <laughs> at the moment and very CrossFit-esque. <laughs> right, Okay. In terms of the overweight, yes, it would be good to know, are we talking like seriously obese or he's just carrying a little bit of extra weight? The, the two big triggers here, and there's a very big synergy between people and dogs on this particular topic. When it comes to being a bit overweight, it means cut down on a bit of food, but predominantly it's exercise. It's the whole calories in versus calories out. Same for us, same for the dog. The issue here, did he mention how old the dog is? He didn't, did he? No. So if we're dealing with a slightly younger dog, A, the cool thing with puppies is, A, they're still growing. Uh, obviously, I don't want to overfeed the puppy, but at least if they are a little bit overfed, you've got a bit of time and you're, it's on your side, they can burn some of that as they're kind of growing. At the same time, when we're dealing with young puppies, I want to try and limit their impact exercise because their bones and joints are still fusing and growing. So if you've got, a say, a one-year-old dog that's quite heavily overweight and needs to do more exercise to burn some of that off, that can be a bit more tricky in terms of I don't want to be running my dog a lot because they just can't handle that or they shouldn't be handling that sort of intensity. How do you know how much food to feed your dog? I don't no, think... No, great question. I, I get that a lot. Um, and I think Dave isn't a puppy. Or Dave's obviously not <laughs> Dave's a puppy. Dave's not a puppy. And if he is, he's got great dog's email skills. Not a puppy. It does seem that the dog is a, a, little bit a, older. a little bit older. So I think we should stick with the older dog okay, cool. for, for this one. And we can talk about... Um, overweight puppies and, and overfeeding puppies in another podcast but I think this one let's stick with an adult dog okay let me come back to the how much to feed thank you just to, to caveat the last point uh, if we're talking a slightly older dog or a full grown dog at least then yeah the exercise is for me going to be the main particular part of this in terms of how we sort of try and get the weight down and in the same way the if we're dealing with humans, if we need to lose a serious amount of weight, you're not going to go straight into the deep end and start smashing it with five sessions a day and five days a week. You're going to build up slowly. And the same is true for our dogs as well. Equally, if if you're dealing with a dog that's fairly energetic, you know, goes out fairly frequently for good walks, the occasional run, maybe goes to the beach every now and again, but has still put on a bit of weight, increasing their exercise regime isn't going to be too difficult because they are quite active. If you've got a Labrador that just sits in a house all day, occasionally goes out for a pee and comes back, maybe goes for a walk once a week, then to increase the intensity of that exercise program is going to take time. Where would you start with that? Because I know I've seen some Labradors in Phuket um, yep. that are... Rotund. That's a very polite way it of putting indeed, it. It is indeed, yeah. Um, where, what, what's the starting point? Because you, you did mention now we had a, a friend uh, and, and who, who was very, very much obese. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, long, and, and God rest his soul. Um, however, 
you know, he started and it was like, okay, I take four steps and, and then I'm done. And is it the same with dogs? And, and where much. would you start? With the individual dog and just see what's, what's presenting before you. If, is it a case of the other carrying a few extra pounds? And again, if they've been reasonably active already, if they've been going for a 10-minute walk every day, right, we can increase that to a 15-minute walk every day. You know, you can make small steps in that respect. We can add in a little bit of running, maybe some sprints and what have you. We can teach them to do some swimming if they're not already swimming. If it's a sedentary dog that generally just lays around the house and walks around the garden and doesn't really go out very much, then now we are going to start going out for walks. But it might just be we're going to go for a 10-minute walk which in and of itself might just be plenty for that dog. They might come back completely gassed from that. In the same way, if you've never done any running in your life and you think, you know, this year I'm going to run a marathon, you wouldn't try and do a 42K run for out the gate. You'll try a couple of K, see how you feel. You'll do that a few times and you get fit and stronger with it and you build up. Exactly the same with our dogs, but just keeping a track of what the time that we're spending exercising that dog and the time and distance that we're, we're covering with our dogs. And there's a difference with, yeah, my dog runs around the garden, has a great time, to actually doing something, like going for a focused walk, doing some hill sprints, or whatever it happens to be. To go back to your, how much do I feed my dog, there's two things with that. If you're feeding a, a commercial kibble, like any dog food out of a bag, there's a plethora of different brands that you can get. They're all different. Some are obviously ridiculously crap quality. Others are very, very good. There seems to be at the moment, and it's been over the last few years, this, if you're feeding a commercial food, it's going to be bad because it's just commercially processed crap. Therefore, if you're feeding a homemade cooked or raw diet, that's going to be perfect for your dog because it's fresh and it's new and it's clean. There's benefits to both. And just because it's commercially produced and it's in a bag doesn't mean it's rubbish. There are some rubbish brands, absolutely, but there are some very, very good ones. How much to feed will depend on the different brands. Some are quite dense, quite heavy foods, so you would actually feed less per serving to your dog than perhaps one of the cheaper ones, which has a lot of filler and a lot of rubbish in it anyway. On and on any bag of food, it will say dogs of this particular age and weight you would feed x amount of cups well, or grams but that's the point i want to jump in because i was about to say on each bag it gives exactly you the guidance yeah but how precise is that or how there's much always a, a range i was going to say because it for me as a, as a marketing guy sometimes I, I would see that just as a marketing ploy because okay give your dog four spoons because he's four kilos and Correct. then all of a sudden well i've run out of food now i have to go and I'll buy go another buy some one more there, there yeah sure there's a little bit of that and there's usually on these bags, it will say there's a range of it. You need to give your dog between 200 and 250 grams you know, per meal or per day or whatever, according to your dog and size. That doesn't mean it's not an exact science. And that also depends, is your dog, that, and if you're thinking, well, you know, 200 doesn't look very much, I'll give him the 250. Okay, fine. So you've done that. And especially if you're feeding one of these dense kibble foods, it doesn't look very much. And you put a scoop and you think, ah, it's not very much. I'll put in a little bit extra for the dog. And if that dog happens to be quite a sedentary, you know, lolls around the house and doesn't really do much exercise, well, they are going to slowly start to put on a bit of weight. Whereas if you kind of say, well, okay, it says 2 to 250, I'll start with 225, I'll go bang in the middle. I'm walking my dog you know, three times a day or three times a week, whatever it is, and I can gauge my dog's weight over a period of time, whether that's you know, days and weeks and months. If the weight's staying the same, then our exercise versus food routine is pretty good. Assuming that the baseline weight for the dog is is normal, not too skinny, too fat. 
Um, I'm assuming that we weigh dogs on a weighing scale as normal, and I know that the vets have got one. Yeah. Um, is there? A, I remember back in the day when we used to test your fat with one of those... Um, like the caliper things. Yeah, is there something like that? And, and if there Gen- is, well, generally, where would you put it on the dog? Because a dog's very... It's different. Yeah. I've uh, no idea about that, to be honest. Oh. I might actually look that one up. But in ter- this, if you this, know anything if you about it. <laughs> let us know. If you ever use calipers on dogs, I'd be very interested. I, I, mean, I guess you could. Never really thought about it. The, the simple test to do is to just take your hand and run your fingers gently down the side of your dog's um, rib cage. So not pressing too hard, just very gently. And if you can feel their ribs, then you're okay. If it, it giggles, even better. If it giggles, it's even better. You've got a tickly dog. Brilliant. If you can't feel their ribs or you really have to press quite hard to start to feel anything, they're probably carrying a little bit too much weight. And obviously, if you can just look at your dog and see their rib outline, they need to put on some weight. The other way of doing it, if your dog is standing up and facing you and you're looking down their spine, obviously, as you go down their tummy, their rib cage pokes out a wee bit and then comes back inside to their hips. And you want to see... Kind of like that Coke bottle shape. So that's what you want to see. I, I think the listener can picture that right yeah, now. Absolutely. Russ. You perfect, have painted yeah. a perfect picture perfect of picture. dog anatomy. Thank you, Coca-Cola. <laughs> Looking forward to your sponsorship. Um, whereas if you can't, if it's just a, a big round ball, then your dog needs to lose some weight and work on some shape. Now, we've talked about the, the, the commercial dried food. Now, we obviously know a couple oh, of Oh, home-cooked and raw food oh, as well. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to get on to. So... Could you change it up a little bit and not do the commercial um, mm-hmm. dried food and then go, do you know what, for a, I don't use the word diet because I hate the word diet, as in go on yeah, a yeah, diet, no, but changing the changing dogs, the, the, the whole diet. Yeah. yeah. So yes, of course you can. Doing, uh, providing a raw diet and or a cooked, home-cooked uh, diet for your dog both have benefits. Uh, a lot of people prefer to do that and I'm all for it. There's a, a company here that produce, well, Chow Pet Foods um, that we've met before. We can put the links for them actually in this podcast for us locally here. They provide a, a home-based cooked food for the dogs. It's not raw. It is cooked. So there is a difference. The benefit of using, and it's, you can argue it's commercially produced because it is a company that commercially produced this, but it's balanced, and that's the key thing. The one thing that you need to make sure that you have in your dog's food is all the essential minerals, vitamins and enzymes and nutrients in a food. I know people hear that, well, I just feed my dog chicken and rice and he seems to like it. Well, I'm sure he does, but A, there's not a lot of nutritional value in the rice itself. And if it's just eating chicken, it's missing out on a shed load of other um, enzymes, vitamins, minerals that aren't there in the chicken itself. Can we just go back? So chow, just for, for the listener, it's chow pet food. If you want to go and search it out, yep. um, then make sure you do. And they, because they deliver as well, don't and they? And here in Phuket, yes. And they do they chicken deliver. and fish. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> I needed to get that joke in. But they do deliver it to your house. They do it here in Phuket. They do indeed, yes. Perfect. So, and again, if you're doing this yourself, you need to do a lot of research into what you're actually feeding your dog and what you're missing out on. In terms of things like you know calcium and elements of phosphorus in diets, the the chow pet foods use a lot of crushed uh, eggshells. That's where you get the calcium. It's well balanced with it. That's something that just doesn't. If you're just kicking, uh, kicking, cooking chicken and rice at home, you're not going to put that in. Uh, if listener, you haven't been, you're, you're missing out on things. Uh, just listener, please don't kick chickens. Please don't kick the chickens. Yes. <laughs> um, what about vegetables and uh, salad? Vegetables, stuff for salad, dogs? fruit. I had this the other day. Um, are they good to give dogs? Generally, yes. 70, 75% of their meals should come from animal 
proteins, animal fats, animal meats. They're strictly carnivores. They're not, sorry, they're not strict carnivores. That's cats. Uh, but dogs do generally rely on a lot of meat-based proteins. So 70, 75% organ meat, uh, muscle meat, that's where they're getting the bulk of their diet from. The rest can come from some element of grains, vegetables, fruits, bits and pieces like that. So you'll tend to find, like I know a lot of dogs here that love banana, a bit random. Um, some dogs hate it. Cucumber, that's a like, love and hate. Most dogs generally will steer clear of things like citrus, like lemons and oranges, because it's a bit too tangy. Uh, I know a dog here that eats orange. You can certainly use them as treats. Little carrot sticks can be good as treats. A, it's a healthy little snack. They're very crunchy, very good for young puppies. And if you're dealing with a puppy and introducing them, it's like with babies, I'm, I'm guessing here, right? If you introduce them, or young kids, just introduce them to lots of different foods at a young age. They just learn that this is all normal and we eat it. No, I, I, I don't have kids, so I don't know how easy well, that well, is. But, but it is quite, I have to say that with Zahara, my, my eldest um, she was introduced, so we went to a lot of brunches at the time, and, and we would try with different fruits and different foods. And I think with Ashton, my youngest, I don't think we did as much um, so with he's the different yeah, he, well, he, I mean, picky's not the right word, but he, he's selective of what he has. Right. I wouldn't say he doesn't take things off his plate, but he knows what he likes, okay. and that's it. And there's kind of. Um, but I know dogs that would pick things out of their bowls and just drop it and eat the bits that they like. We used to give carrot sticks to Maximus when he was mm -hmm. a puppy. The only downside about carrot sticks with dogs is the mess. Well, well yeah. I just want to point that out, Russell. You're not letting people know that but there's a lot of mess with <laughs> carrot sticks chomping. Yeah, there, is, sure. there is. A, there's lots of little bits of carrot on um, the floor. Nowadays, there's a, there's a big movement to veganism. There's a big movement to stop eating dogs meat. Dogs are not vegan. Thank don't you feed them. <laughs> and I, I, when I said you. I had this the other day, I, I had someone that was just feeding their dog. Um, well, no, she wasn't. She starts up and said, look, I'm just feeding them sort of fruits and vegetables. And I nearly fell over. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. That, that's, that's terrible for the dog. Turns out she was feeding a commercial kibble to the dog sort of morning and night. But she was just using fruits and vegetables as treats for the dog. And that's fine. That's cool. You can If the dog really likes it, you can mix and match with different things as well. The important part is, and it's a bit like us, as long as you're eating a reasonably healthy diet, Yes, you can have an ice cream every now and again. You can have a Mars bar or whatever snacks that you particularly like. But if that's your base meal, you're going to have problems. It's the same for the dogs. So, Dave's overweight dog. Dave's <laughs> overweight dog. The two key things there are if they're... It's not so much necessarily changing the food, although I would argue depending on... And I appreciate there's budget factors in this as well. If you're feeding a brand of food that's at the lower end of the economic scale, you might want to look at stepping up. Not just It's not just about spending more money on your dog. It's also about the quality of food that's in the actual bag, if that's doable. And I appreciate, uh, particularly in current times, that might not be an option, but it's something you definitely want to look at. In those sort of circles, there, there's a couple of brands that I, I use, I can get here, which bag for bag against another brand is almost double the price. And you think, wow, that's really expensive. In terms of real Cost price, yes, it's twice the price, but in terms of value, you're actually with the higher end brands feeding less per serving. So the bag does actually go, it's still more expensive. There's no way around that, but it's not actually as expensive as you think. So it's worth bearing that in mind. But I would also argue, and to jump in, that the, mar the local markets here, which sell a variety of seafood products, a variety of meats, yep. you can probably go and get you could go cheaper than you could buy any bag of Kimball. If you want to put the effort into cooking it, of and course. Th and that's where it comes down to. I used to feed a raw diet to my dogs. I had four at the time. We had an extra freezer and it was just got into a routine of it. You did a batch on a Sunday and, and on you went. For me, it just with working everything else, it just became a bit too much of hard work. 
so we switched back to a kibble and then lastly we've been using the, the chow pet foods because that's for me it's nice in the middle it it's home cooked it's fresh each week each week and i don't have to do the hard work of putting it all together and key point it's well balanced and that's the the important thing if you're doing it yourself that's fine but I would get online and just double check that you're making sure you, because you will need to add some supplements, be it calcium, vitamin E, vitamin D, uh, fish oils and bits and pieces to make sure that's going in the dog's food as well. For Dave in particular, to look at the types of food that he's feeding his dog, maybe drop the amount of food per serving. Uh, try and think, yeah, I'm feeding him breakfast and dinner, but oh yeah, we're giving him lots of snacks throughout the day. I've got people here that are, they've been, vigilant with how much food they give their dog. They measure it out to the piece of kibble and then they go to work and they forget that the helpers and the cleaners are just constantly pez dispensing the food all day long and that's where the bigger problem is. So you want to look at those two things in terms of food intake. And then obviously exercise is going to be your bigger bet. Slightly longer walks, maybe do some running, things like hill sprints, uh, not miles and miles, but just a you know, 20 meter hill sprint. Get the, if he chases the ball, throw the, the ball up a small hill, get them powering up after that five or six times. If the dog likes to swim, same thing. Rather than just lolling about in the ocean or lolling about in the pool, throw the ball, get them to really powerful the ball and do that, do some lengths, do some laps, do some actual targeted exercise. And if you want to have an exercise sort of plan and routine, drop us an email, give us the specifics and we can work out something for you from there. Info at caninepointacademy.com. Correct. Thank Thanks, you Russell. Much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.